Blog Talk Radio. show on tap for you. Speaking of Michigan, uh, we have another scandal with Jim Harbaugh, and uh, so we're going to get into that. Uh, uh, Adam Jividen, Super Buckeyes fan, Brown fan, Guardian fan, Cavaliers fan, Super Duper fan, starts us off today. Uh, college football co-pilot starts us off with week eight, and we'll be breaking down the big games. Of course, there's a big game in Columbus that we want to touch on. Probably a little bit bigger than the one down in Bloomington. And, uh, and like I said, I'm sure I'm going to have a few things to say about the team from up north. And um, I'm going to handle like fantasy football. And then Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, joins us to break down this week's NFL games. Unfortunately, there are no undefeated teams, including the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jets beat the Eagles. Can you, uh, can you believe that? i tell you what. It's the Jets, though. Come on, man. Stick around. It's about to get good right here on the other side. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, the 
It's called Beauty Sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans' causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marcosell, Presidente. It is homecoming week down in Bloomington. IU versus Rucker is also homecoming if you happen to be a Ball State Cardinal. Uh, at least we're here in Indiana. There's probably homecomings all around uh, going on. But joining us now is Adam Jimadin, super-duper Buckeyes fan, Browns fan, Guardians fan. Well, hell, he's just an all-around cool dude. Adam, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you? Man, I'm never better. You know, I'm excited to go down to Bloomington. Going to head there right after the show. I'm excited. I think they can beat Rutgers. I know everybody calls me crazy. It, I would, I would have hated homecoming to be last week down in Bloomington. That would have, that would have been disastrous. But nonetheless, and it's a, real quickly, let's get your thoughts on that game. I, I got some other things I want to talk with you about, though. But real quickly, what are your thoughts on the IU Rutgers game today? I I don't know. I, I feel like this is almost a must win for IU. Uh, Tom Allen is, <laughs> is desperate for some wins. And if you lose to Rutgers, who has been the doormat of the conference, essentially since they came in. Um, but, again, like if you look at who's on the opposing sideline, who are you going to play? Who are, who are you going to choose? Greg Schiano or Tom Allen? I think Greg Schiano. I mean, Tom Allen is now in a spot where you're going, is he is he the worst coach in the conference? And I don't I don't know that that's that you can't give a definitive no to that, which 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 just tells you IU's gotta make a move. Um yeah. I hope IU can win today. Um just for your sake on our shared birthday weekend. Um, but, uh, you need me too, and I was actually going to say that here toward the end, toward the end of the segment. There, but, I there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I hope that he can pull it out. I I just 
at this point, he the, the thing that's tough about Tom Allen is he runs a pretty archaic system all the way around on offense and defense. And he, is he a strong defensive mind? Yes, he is. He's shown with lots of preparation he can he can put together a defensive game plan that can stifle you know good offenses, but does not make adjustments from week to week. Um, definitely not in game. And, and so I, I look at this and I go, I feel like this is a must win. I would say this, if, if IU loses this game, I would say it would be just a matter of time before they are looking for a, a, a new head coach. And, and the thing is, is I, I don't feel like, like IU is one of, I mean, let's be real, let's call for what they are. Are they a, are they a powerhouse in the conference? No. Um, are they even like mid-tier of the conference? Uh, not right now. They have been. And but the thing is, is that you're talking about one of what will now be 20 coaching jobs in the preeminent conference in the entire country. So it's kind of like NFL jobs, where like you're like, man, why did that guy take that gig? It wasn't very good. Why? Because it's an NFL coaching job, and that's how the Big Ten is going to become. Um, yeah, I don't feel it's already like that way. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't feel like Tom Allen is is the guy that's going to move this program forward. Um, he did a good I, job I in, in getting them to where they were, but yeah, I I think IU will win, and I hope IU wins. Well, there you go. Well, I'll, I'll take I'll take a win no matter how it gets there. But you know, talking about Tom Allen, you and I have talked about this before, and I I still believe this to be fact. At the end of this season. He's going to be a coordinator somewhere in the NFL. It's just, it's just a given. And moving on to our next topic here, he's going to be a, a, a head coach in the NFL, and that's uh, the team from up north, as we, as we like to refer to it on the show. Obviously, I'm speaking of Michigan, and obviously I'm speaking of Jim Harbaugh. Here we go again. <clears throat> Deja vu. We're having a conversation about cheating and Jim Harbaugh. Now, I will say, and for those that don't don't know what's going on and maybe don't follow sports to the – to the amount that I do or you do, the Michigan Wolverines are back in hot water in less than two months after head coach Jim Harbaugh accepted a three-game penalty uh, from uh, from the university for violating NCAA uh, protocols during the COVID-19 dead period. Now the number two-ranked team Wolverines are the center of attention for a sign-stealing, air quotes, investigation, which allegedly, allegedly began in 2021. Um, and this was a report from... Uh, Yahoo Sports, which you guys can look at it anywhere. Uh, now, in all fairness to Jim Harbaugh, he has vehemently, I think he's that word, vehemently, he has denied Vehemently? Vehemently. Well, of course like, he, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. You know, he had a of crap. You know, so here's a little, I think really, we don't know a lot, so get say a lot as far as factual basis, but what is believed to be uh, that he doesn't know anything about, that his staff members went to games and taped the games. And, however, likewise, and we've seen this uh, play out with Bill Belichick, uh, the same sort of uh, uh, scandal uh, type of thing. So the investigation as to whether or not Michigan used employees and third-party proxies to uh, attend the games of future opponents. Now, here's this, that, that said. There is something called probable, plausible deniability. Maybe he really doesn't know about it, air quotes, but he get, he get a wink and a nod. Maybe it was kind of like mentioned in code word, and he okayed it. And 
I don't want any probable. And, and, and I'm dissing somebody. So you guys go do what you do. And I'll take the information. But when it comes back to me, I never gave the okay on it. You know, and I think it's going to be a hard thing to prove. It's going to be a long time to prove. And like I said, I think that uh, the NCAA, for a lot of reasons, has uh, Jim Harbaugh in their crosshairs, and he's tired of it. He's going to the NFL as a coach next year anyway. Go ahead. What say you, sir? Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh is a liar. Uh, Jim Harbaugh specifically said in his press conference, I've never met the guy. The guy in question is a gentleman by the name of Connor Stallions. Um, and literally Yahoo, five minutes after he said that, posted a dozen pictures of Harbaugh standing on the sidelines with Stallions, and Stallions is holding a giant play card, like play sheet type thing, which, like, I mean, everybody's literally like, he literally has the signs on a play card, like on a, on a play sheet. Like, what are you talking Like, of course, it, like, we don't know that, but you put two and two together. Like, yeah. dude has seen on the sideline repeatedly, and Harbaugh's like, well, you know, I've never seen the guy. Like, stop it. Now, will he go to the NFL as a result of this? I don't know. I, I'm i so freaking done with Jim Harbaugh. I just, <laughs> I can't. He he just, again, I, I think like I come back to like, this is ironically around the same time that we saw the Michigan defense turn into like the 85 Bears where you're like, how it's the same guys, same coaches, uh, same scheme. How the crap did they turn that good that quick? Well, when you know what's going to happen, it's kind of like the Houston Astros with the drum on the trash can thing. Yeah, when you know what fastball is coming, <laughs> where it's coming from, it's going to make it a lot easier to hit a home run. Like that's I, that's funny you say that's that's funny you say that. Our our joint friend Rick Riggin. I, I sent him uh, the text, basically saying the same text that I sent to you, and then he sent me back the meme of, of the Houston Astros banging on on a garbage can. So that's hilarious. Well, I you know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, be, I don't believe him. He's lied in the past. Like he, he has no problem lying to a reporter's face. None, none yeah. at all. And, and we're not talking coach speak. It's it, it's or lying to the NCAA. I mean, dude was suspended for lying to the NCAA. As you said, two months ago. So, you know what? I here's here's what I hope happens. I hope Ohio State. I hope we take care of business today in Columbus, beat Penn State, and then I hope both Penn State and Ohio State beat the crap out of Michigan. Um, and, and just I, they are the 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 level of arrogance that comes from that program consistently mm-hmm. is just mind-boggling. Like, what have you guys actually accomplished of recent memory? You've won the last two Big Ten championships. Congrats. That's it. That's all you have to write about. You haven't even won a freaking – you made it to the playoff, but you still haven't even won a playoff game. Uh, so, like, yeah. stop acting like you're Alabama or Georgia because you're not. And you will do everything you can to become that. So just sit down, shut up, and Harbaugh, get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, moving on, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I don't disagree. I just think that, that the NFL is going to come and knock it, and he's just going to – now, does that mean that, that Michigan will, will try to keep him and pay him more? I don't I – don't, I don't, we don't know. But I, I would think that he's getting tired of being in the crosshairs of the NCAA. 
But also, if I'm an NFL team of any type of intelligence or stature, do I want this guy on my staff? Mm-hmm. Do I want to bring a another scandal to the NFL? I think I think NFL teams like they don't have a lot of these types of I mean obviously science dealing would be a big deal in NFL, but like like the recruiting thing that he lied about. Fine. But I will tell you this, is Jim Harbaugh a better coach than say Matt Eberflus? Heck yes he is. Like <laughs> there's a lot of really bad coaches in the NFL that like I would say if Harbaugh went, he would instantly be better than a a, a large number of them. So uh, we move on to Ohio State and Penn State. Here is a fun fact that you probably know or don't know. The first gridiron encounter between Penn State and Ohio State on November 6, 1912, was an unmitigated fiasco, and it ended in a uh, ended in a uh, uh, forfeiture. Uh, so that it was said at that that point that Penn State would never play Ohio State. Again, and I'll get that article up, but I thought that was uh, a good uh, pun or whatever for what's about to happen today. I'm worried about you guys, man, and, and, I, and we're going to talk more about this and, and about the spread. But I want to hear your, your thoughts because Penn State's very, 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 very good. But that said, they are on the road at Ohio State, who is very, 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 very good at home. This is probably the premier matchup of the week. Uh, you know, so I, I suspect that this is going to get a lot of national attention. Uh, you know that. I know that. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to come out and, and just ball it. Um, I think that this is going to be a close, tight game. I mean, the spread is, is something to stay away from if you're, if you're betting. It's only four and a half. Um, which, by it the way. It moved to five and a half, by the way. Oh, has it, has it moved? Well, according to what I picked, uh, I did pick uh, Ohio State, uh, but they must win by at least five points then. Okay, now I guess it's, it's six or seven points. So that's a that's a more plausible reality. But I, I I'm still going to keep my my bet where it's at that they'll cover at four and a half because um, that's already made and put in there. Um, all right, I, I, I rambled on enough. Go ahead, um, Adam Jividen, give me your official breakdown of Ohio State at home against the Penn State Nittany Lions, probably one of the toughest teams they're going to face this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Penn, Penn State, there's no question that this is the best game of the, of the week. I hate that it's on at noon. I hate it. I told you before <laughs> I hate noon kickoff. Yeah, you did. Like, why? This game is at Columbus. Why is this game not at night? Like, give us the night game at home, please. Stop making us play everybody else at night. It annoys me. Um... But, uh, no, I, this, is, this is the game. Now, um, on the Ohio State side, we are hearing no confirmation, but there's a few people that are, that are posting that Ohio State is, again, going to be without starting running back Travion Henderson. This same thing happened last year, and I don't understand it. Like, dude will look fine, and then all of a sudden he has, like, an injury, and this is a month. And you're like, what the heck? Um, so I don't know. Um, we don't know if Chip Trainum, uh, the number two running back, uh, who got a concussion last week against Purdue will be available? I would say probably not. Um, also hearing that Emeka Mbuka, the number two receiver, also going to be a first-round draft pick, um, is also going to be out. He missed the game against Purdue. He tweaked his, I believe, hamstring um, a couple weeks back. And then they are also potentially missing Denzel Burke, 
our number one corner and probably a first-round draft pick in his own right. Um, he's the best corner that I've seen in the country so far. Denzel, like, teams don't even attempt to throw – Notre Dame didn't even try to throw Denzel Berg. Um, so, if that's the case, we're going to see Jordan Hancock slide over from the nickel position. Um, who's a, you mean John uh, Hancock. Who's Everybody knows it's John Hancock, Herbie <laughs> Hancock. Right. <laughs> um, so, and then, and then I'm curious to see what happens with the linebacker station. Dallin Hayden last week looked great. Um, they were hoping to redshirt him, um, but I give burn the kids redshirt. He's got the best vision of the team. Um, really this game comes down to the offensive lines on both sides. Uh, Penn State has a very good offensive line headlined by, um, Olaf Fashinu, who is probably up there with Joe Walt as the best left tackle in this upcoming draft. Um, Notre Dame did a good job kind of neutralizing um, some of our pass rush through Joe Alt. Um, so we'll see, you know, how their offensive line holds up. But the big question is going to be how does our offensive line perform? Mm-hmm. It has not performed up to Ohio State standards. Um, but that being said, this Ohio State defense is just ridiculous. Uh, they gave up their first play last week of over 40 yards late in the third quarter after Ohio State was up by like 40. But it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, and it, they have adapted. They have switched from an ultra uber aggressive to more of what you would call a, a bend but don't break. And they just don't give up points. Um, so I, that's my thing is that, that as I'm looking at this game, I'm going the Ohio State defense, I don't know that Penn State is going to be able to score. They haven't been able to throw the ball downfield very well. They've mostly managed with their running, really good running game, managed by um, – headlined by uh, Singleton, their, Nicholas Singleton, their starting tailback. Um, and, and then Aller has been good, um, but, again, against really subpar competition. But it's mostly been – kind of small, conservative. Now we don't know if they were saving that to be able to air it out against us. Um, but I would also say that Ryan Day, like we played pretty vanilla on offense most of the way. Um, Notre Dame, you saw a few wrinkles, but a, a lot of that was, was still not a lot, primarily because you were talking about playing at night in <laughs> South Bend against with, with a young quarterback, only in his third start. So I, I would imagine sure. that this is going to be a great defensive game. I have Ohio mm-hmm. State winning on a late field goal, similar to my Cleveland Browns last week. Um, and I think the final scores, I'm going to have it at 23 to 21. You know, you're not far off from what I what I would think um, on Ohio State. Now, that said, I, I think that Ohio State will cover, and I'll be okay on my bet. Uh, here, here's my thing when it comes to to uh, Penn State. I, I kind of thought, and we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the year. I kind of thought that Penn State would go 11 and one with maybe a loss to Michigan, and and but Ohio State seemingly always has a talented quarterback that can dice up the Nittany Lion defense and secondary. But I honestly have zero belief that Kyle McCord can do that this year. 
he's not a bad quarterback by any means. Don't, no, I don't mean that. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's yet to prove that he's on the same caliber as Stroud, Fields, or even Barrett, for that matter. So for for that reason, I think that Penn State pulls it off 24-27. You're not too far off from from the score. I think we're close on the score, but I think this one's going to go to Penn State. But it's at Ohio State, and I I might be wrong, but if I'm right, I know I'm going to get a litany of Texas of everything that went wrong in the game that calls that from you. But I, <laughs> I just kidding, but, but I know that, that's where I'm at. Thoughts on, on the quarterback with Kyle McCord as far as stacking up against Stroud, Fields, or Barrett? Well, I, I would say, like, right now, is, is McCord as good as Barrett was there for forever? Um, I would say Barrett, McCord is already better throwing the ball downfield than, than J.T. Barrett. Um, Fields, in, in the college game, I, I know he's, he's had some ups and downs in the NFL. I think a lot of that's related to coaching because they don't know what the crap to do with him. Um, Fields is the most talented dude I've ever seen play the quarterback position at Ohio State. I mean, he was just insane. Um, from what a, happened when he went to the Bears? <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is the Bears coaches, the Bears coaches, I don't know that they should be coaching Pop Warner. Like they're awful. Um, <laughs> but and and then and then C.J. Stroud comes, you know, right on the heels of of Justin Fields, and and we're seeing how special C.J. is in the next level. I mean, dude is right now the runaway train front runner for offensive rookie of the year. Um, leading the Texans, I think the Texans are going to finish probably around six or seven wins, largely be, with with an awful offensive line and no legitimate skill skill players. Like Nico Collins is all right, but like CJ Stroud is, is is his accuracy is in is just absolutely incredible. Um, next level. Like you're talking, dude has the accuracy of a of a seasoned NFL quarterback. So I, I think that's the thing that you're looking at, and you're going, man, th- this is who you're who you followed. It's probably the best two quarterbacks we've ever had at Ohio State. Um, so I, I think, like, you know, from for Kyle McCord, if you look at his numbers, man, dude is still throwing for like two sixty-five oh, yeah. couple touchdowns. He's certainly a good but, quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Is he is he the level that we've seen? Probably not, not yet. But he's also only in his what sixth start, seventh start. Um, so I, I think when you're talking, where is he in relation to the, them? That's hard. That again, that's that's a little hard to say. The other thing I will say too is McCord's offensive line and lack of running game is a significant disadvantage compared to what Justin Fields and uh, uh, NCJ had to deal with in their first years. So, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, Justin Fields in his first year to, under Ohio State. He had J.K. Dobbins having a, an incredible senior season, going for almost like 1,600 yards. And then, um, and then CJ, his first year was the same as uh, when Travion Henderson kind of exploded on the scene as the freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Um, and Trey has not literally looked the same due to injuries. Um, he just can't stay healthy. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tough that's a tough road. It's a tough tough way to judge when you're trying to compare um, how are they looking. Now, CJ, or excuse me, um, Kyle McCord, that game-winning drive against Notre Dame was a big 
confidence boost. And I think that's one of the things that I like about McCord, which gives me confidence for today, is that even when uh, – even though he doesn't have a ton of stars under his belt, like he hasn't looked rattled. He hasn't looked like it's too big for him, especially like he got those first couple completions in on that last drive against Notre Dame. And you can just kind of see him settle in and be like, all right, I got this. And then he did. Took him right down the field. Even after that absolutely – some of those horrifically bad play – like not play calls, some of the horrifically bad um, officials um, to penalties that they that they called in the Notre Dame game. Officials in just sports right now, all football. College pro, it doesn't matter. They're all just awful. Um, as we've seen a lot of the, the longtime referees retire. But – I I have confidence in Kyle McCord because he's been there before. That's the major difference right now between him and, and Drew Waller is Drew has not had a game significant that's been tight in the fourth quarter, and that does play an impact in this game because I think it will be. And the question is going to be who's going to make the mistake. Is it going to be Drew Waller or is it going to be – Kyle McCord. And I have faith in Kyle McCord. I have faith in Ryan Day because I think Ryan Day is a significantly better coach than James Franklin, who always seems to lay an egg in these types of games. So <laughs> that's my prediction. I, I have Ohio State well, winning I, uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I certainly didn't expect you to go any other direction. Well, let's uh, let, I hope you have some time to roll with us a little bit. Uh, are you are you good to keep going? I have to, I've got maybe five minutes. All right, let's roll through these real quickly here. I want to do the against the spread. Uh, obviously, we've already talked about Ohio State. Let's talk about Oklahoma and UCF Knights. Uh, the USF, UCF Knights are 3-3. Three and three. Oklahoma's at home. Uh, the spread's 19.5. I obviously have, have gone with, at 19.5, I have I've gone with uh, Oklahoma to, to win this game. And so they've got to win by at least 20 points. I think that's very well possible. Uh, but you never know. But 19 and a half to spread. What are your thoughts? Oklahoma Sooners, number six against, well, UCF Knights. Yeah, Oklahoma's going to cover the spread. Uh, Oklahoma <laughs> looked, honestly, better than I expected. Um, I did not expect them to beat off, te- to knock off Texas in the uh, in Red River, and, and, and especially to do it in the fashion that they did. You know, Texas went down and kicked a, a last, you know, kind of what looked like it'd be a game-winning field goal with under two minutes. And then Dylan Gabriel took him right down the field for the touchdown uh, that put them over the top. Uh, I think I think Oklahoma covers, and Oklahoma looks like they could, you know, they're going to have probably another late uh, a matchup with Texas in another one in the uh, Big 12 championship game. So we'll see what happens there. But Oklahoma is is looking themselves right in the eye for a, a potential playoff game. Let's go on to the next game here. Uh, I want to make sure we get this one in here. Obviously, uh, we are going to be uh, following this big time. Tennessee and Alabama. Everybody at work was like, oh, Alabama, Alabama. And there's a few people in my court here that says Tennessee, at least with the cover, uh, it's nine and a half. Alabama's not the Alabama team that we've seen two years ago, even last year for that matter. Tennessee is a good team. Uh, they're just in a very, very good conference. Uh, so. Uh, I've got Alabama. I mean, I'm sorry, so sorry, wrong. I've got Tennessee. Uh, they they need to at least uh, win by ten points for the for the cover at nine and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts? Tennessee coming into Alabama. Alabama six and one. Tennessee five and one. 
I would say I'm leaning towards Alabama winning, but Tennessee covering. Um, I yeah, don't exactly. think Alabama's very. I don't think Alabama's very good um, this year. They're by their standards. Like, are they a, obviously a top twenty-five program? Yes. Are they a top ten program? I mean, maybe a bottom tier top ten program. Like, they would be more towards ten than they are like three. And I think there's a pretty big gap between. Let's just say three and ten. Um, but and it, and now that I think about it, I don't even know that Alabama's a top ten team this year. No, I don't think they are. I, I, I wrote well, they're, not, not, they're 11, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, right, yeah, we'll I'm saying where, where they finish. But yes, I have Tennessee. I would say Tennessee covers, but Alabama wins the game. Another service game, Air Force, Navy, not as big as Navy, Army, Navy, which, by the way, side note, I know Squirrel, LSU, how cool was that to put their end zone in camo on on their home field playing Army? You've earned some respect when that happens. But uh, Air Force, Navy, uh, spreads nine and a half. I'm I'm going with Air Force to cover on this one. Navy is not that good this year. They should have never fired their coach, but that's neither here nor there. They should have never fired their coach. Let's talk about the Texans. Navy is not good. Let's talk about the Texans. Uh, the Longhorns against the Houston Cougars. I mean, this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a tight game, but it's five and one. It's the Texans. They're number eight. They're on the road. I mean, the spread is 22 and a half. I'm rolling that direction. Uh, Texas uh, and Houston, 22 and a half. What are your thoughts? I think, I think Texas is going to be in the point now where they are going to have to start like rolling up the score on a week to week basis because of that loss to Oklahoma, they're they're hopefully going to get another bid to, to 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 play Oklahoma again to finish the season with one loss in the Big 12 championship game. But they're now under the we have to look better on film, the the, the quote unquote eye test than other teams that have a loss. Um, whether that's going to be like a one loss Oregon down the stretch, um, or another one loss Big Ten team to get into one of those final couple um, playoff spots because you're looking at or, – or, or even uh, after, after Notre Dame impressively took down USC. Who are you going to take, a two-loss Notre Dame right now or a one-loss Texas when Notre Dame has played a much stronger schedule than Texas has thus far? Uh, that's, so, yes, Texas covers because – even if they're up, let's just say, 15, I think they're going to have to keep pushing the ball downfield because they want to get that, that eye test um, on, 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 on film for the, for the playoff committee. So North Carolina, Virginia, not a lot to talk about with Virginia. Uh, they're on the road and at it, undefeated North Carolina. Uh, they're number 10. Uh, so 23 and a half is the spread. I'm going that way. I think easily North Carolina covers that. Let's talk about the team from up north. And the other Michigan team, Soul Sparty, uh, is hosting uh, the Wolverines. And I certainly think that Michigan will continue on winning. I mean, Michigan State's only won two. They are at home. So I do think they'll cover at 24 and a half. What are your thoughts? Yeah, probably. Like, Sparty's terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. Michigan hasn't played a team with a pulse all season. Um, and you could say, well, you know, it's the way their schedule lined up. But they will play their last three games. They have Penn State, Maryland before they have the game against us. So they, they will at some point. But will they cover? Yeah, probably. 
So here's my danger uh, danger game, and then we'll we'll let you go over here. Uh, Florida State hosting Duke. Uh, Duke is a good team, but I like Florida State, and I think that they that they can cover the the spread at fourteen and a half. So I think that they they can win by at least fifteen. If it is just fifteen or sixteen points, I think they can do it because they're at home against Duke. What are your thoughts? Mm, that's a tough one. Um. I would lean towards Florida State covering the spread, um, but honestly, it wouldn't. I mean, Duke could outright win this game, and you'd be like, "Huh." I mean, they almost took down Notre Dame. Now, granted, that was the week after the letdown that they had on the last second touchdown, that, uh, you know, against Ohio State, um, and then uh, Duke took down somebody else. Who was it? Clemson? No, I don't remember. Um, LSU. I think I don't know. It's early in the yeah. season. I'm, my brain is mush. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would it surprise me if Duke won? Ah, uh, maybe a little. But I, that spread, the 14 and a half, is is quite a bit. Duke, I think, will try to take the air out of the ball a little bit. So they'll they'll use the clock rules to their advantage. Um, and I think they'll try to make it a shorter game. Um, and so for that reason, I would actually take two. I would take uh, the, the the point. Um, I don't know that I don't know that Florida State covers. I just I think Duke's going to try to shorten the game, and they just will not get enough. They won't get enough possessions, and I think Duke will score enough to keep it, maybe around like a ten point game. So I would be remiss if I let you go without talking about tomorrow's game. I know you're going to be at it, and uh, you and I have been talking about this game for a while, uh, both online and offline. The, the Browns. The Colts, uh, Anthony Richardson's out for the season. I'll save the I told you so's because I've been saying it for three weeks now. So, you know, it's Martin or get, uh, Gartner Minshew, sorry. Uh, he showed his – he showed us last week why he is been the backup quarterback for three different teams in three different years. Uh, so, and uh, the Browns are tough. This is going to be another rough day. Deshaun Watson, uh I see that he's still questionable. That could be a big a big factor. Uh, there again, there again, uh, the Browns might not be looking at the uh, Colts right now and as a as a um, tight competitor, and they're at home. So there's some possibilities. We've got a good defense. We've got some players back. But man, the Browns, the Colts. I know you're going to the game tomorrow. I hope you have a blast. Uh, but. Uh, Man, I, I I love my Colts. I'm not going to root against them. I don't even bet against them in one way, shape, form, or whether the win, cover, what I've never placed a bet with the Colts at all. But the Browns, um, bring us up to speed. Uh, give us your thoughts. I know you're a big Browns fan. You think Deshaun Watson plays tomorrow? What's what's your thoughts on that game tomorrow? So so Watson practiced Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which was uh-huh. big. First time he's had consecutive practices since he hurt his shoulder. And a lot of people were questioning, like, what did he do? Why can't he play? Is he just being a pansy? Uh, well, it turned out, like, he had a very similar type um, uh, injury to what we see a lot of pitchers have, Tom. So, like, you know when, like, a pitcher, a pitcher says, like, they have velocity on the ball, but they just can't grip the baseball well? That was what happened with Watson. Is they were like, he's not – he can't – he just doesn't have the same amount of hand pressure. He can still – you know, get the ball downfield, but it's flipping out of his hand because he can't hold on to it. So essentially, anytime he would have gotten hit, it was a fumble wrist. So that's, that being said, 
Watson looked good in practice Friday from all accounts. They are waiting to see how he feels today to know if he will go tomorrow. If he plays, this game's going to be a whooping. Um, <laughs> a whooping. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, I think it would be a lot closer because P.J. Walker was okay. Um, I, I figured but, you would have used but, your, your, your most famous words to say, a curb stomping. <laughs> I, I don't know if it'd be I don't know if it'd be a curb stomping. Um but but PJ Walker is not is not good. But here's the biggest thing for the Colts is the Browns defense is it is this is the best defense in the league. I do not care what statistics other teams are throwing out there. Good grief. They have allowed the least amount of yards through five weeks in the NFL in thirty years, Tom. And we're talking in the era of offense. The least amount so you of yards through five weeks. You, and and I just think, I think, I think Garrett and Zadarius Smith put big-time pressure on Gardner Minshew. If you thought that he was running for his life against uh, the Jaguars last week, good luck, Gardner. Miles Garrett's coming for you, buddy. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I know it's going to be a rough day, but I'm going to be – I'm going to be watching from home because it was just going to be double duty uh, going to get the Colts game and going to IU game. Uh, so uh, we opted to go with the Colts game, and then we had some extra expenses come up. So we're certainly glad that you get to go. But uh, are, you, are you going with Oliver, your dad, or both? I am going with Oliver, yeah. So now, he, have you, brain, you know, him being born I, here, him, him being born here, he likes the Browns. But he tells me, especially because he's gotten to see – the mascots at the school, the Colts are his favorite team. So he's going to be wearing a Colts shirt. I was, I'll be wearing my Miles Garrett jersey. It'll be good. It. I love it. And I was that was literally going to be my next question, have you brainwashed him? <laughs> well, either which way, it's going to be a good game. I, I say good, define good game, but I think it's going to be a, a rough day for the Colts. Yeah, but, man, what when it would be if it does happen? Congratulations on beating uh, the 49ers, uh, and we're going to be talking more about the NFL here in just a little bit. But, man, uh, made all kinds of national news. Of course, McCaffrey out, uh, Samuel out, <laughs> a lot of things going on with the 49ers. But, hey, a W is a W is a W, sir. Hope you have yourself a great birthday weekend, sir. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> you too, Tom, and, and, and happy – for those of you that don't know, Tom and I share a birthday. We realized that while we were working at the uh, uh, same employer that happened to be a dumpster fire of an employer here in Indianapolis. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but yeah, yeah, no, so we have the same birthday. So everybody give Tom well wishes uh, on Monday as well. And, Tom, you have a good birthday weekend, buddy, and we'll talk soon. We'll talk with you soon, buddy. Adam Jimenez, Super Brown fan, Super Buckeye fan, Guardians fan, Cavaliers fan, Super Duper fan, our, our uh, college football co-pilot and partner in crime, helping us break down some games. We didn't get to a lot of our games because, well, the team from up north in Michigan and, and Ohio State and Penn State, but that's okay. We got through as most as much as we can. I'll be back on the other side here. We'll finish up against the spread. We'll jump into some fantasy football talk and then right around the corner from there, and then finishing this up today, it did crack beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We're going to talk about their loss to the Jets and uh, what's going on in the NFL in Week 7. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Friends of the North, to get out to the
Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. History. 
know much biology Don't know much about a science book Don't know much about the French I took But I do know that I love you And I know that if you love me Mandy Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? Is this any way to treat an intimate friend? In the cover uh, with that with it with this game, 
and it's 30 and a half. I mean, yes, uh, it's, it's Army. I love my Army Knights, my Army Black Knights. Can't wait to see the Navy game. They're only two and a four. They're on the road. It's a night game. It's in LSU. But, again, hey, props to LSU for uh, putting their end zones in uh, the camel for the Army. That's, that's, you know, for our home team to do that, that's a real honor. So uh, hats off to the LSU Tigers. But the LSU Tigers are just, are just good. And uh, for the last two weeks in a row, they played a Tiger team. They played the Auburn Tigers, and then they played the Missouri Tigers, which is a good team. They, they managed to win both of those games, uh, five and two uh, LSU Tigers. Uh, we're going to finish up the head against the spread. Hopefully, I get some time to get into fantasy football. If not, uh, I apologize as I'm on a very tight schedule. Uh, and uh, so we'll have to see what happens. And uh, we won't be doing NASCAR today uh, because Steve couldn't join us. They're at Homestead, but follow us on social media at T Balancing on the Book of Faces, and, and uh, we'll have all the coverage for that with you as well. We've got the Washington Huskies and the Arizona State uh, Sun Devils. Uh, the Washington Huskies are at home. They got a for, former IU quarterback. Uh, they're number five. Uh, the spread is 28 and a half. Uh, yeah, let's let's go with let's go with the Washington Huskies. Uh, you know, they have to win by at least 29 points. I think that's very very possible. I could be wrong. This could be one of those that I'm wrong because that is a big spread. Uh, so it is difficult for any team to win by 29 points. But I think I think they can they can do that uh, for sure. Uh, so we, we talk, I think we got all the rest of the, the, uh, the games in. You know, let's talk a little bit about some fantasy football. We know Anthony Richardson is now out for the season. I would suspect if you guys did as I asked you to do and stay clear of Anthony Richardson and most of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, you, you don't have that issue to worry about. Let's hope not anyway. Now, I say that. I went and picked up Josh Downs uh, on the waiver. I know. I am even played him this week in one of my leagues, so we'll see how he does. Him and Gartner Minshew seem to, seem to uh, hook up very, very well. And uh, are they a Marvin Harrison and a Peyton Manning? No, not by any, any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, just kind of give you the rundown of what, who I've got. I had an offer this week. To trade in, in one of my, my leagues, I had an offer to trade off to uh, – I didn't do that. I didn't take that offer. I mean, I'm so sorry to Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I didn't do that. I, I kept him. So here's my starting lineup. I got Tua as my quarterback, uh, Ramada Stevenson, uh, running back, New England. I got him. He's projected 12.6. Kareem Hunt, uh, I, I'm playing him because – there's not anything better on, on the waiver right now, and I got half my team on a bye week. Bye weeks are difficult when it comes to fantasy football because you do have to uh, strategically move around. <laughs> like, you don't want to drop players because they're on the bye. So that's the reason. That's the very reason that I have a very strict policy when I'm, when I'm building my trades and when I'm, when I'm picking up off the waiver. I'm not necessarily throwing them in my, my starting uh, slot lineup. I'm, I'm strengthening my bench so that if I do have an injury or I do have a heavy bye week like I do this week, I've got, I've got a one, two, three, four, five people on bye this week. And, you know, I, I'm probably going to lose this week, which would only be two losses in this particular league, uh, you know. But uh, my projections had, you know, about 97. <laughs> And uh, who I'm playing, uh, which is Nate, 
Nate Snyder, who's been on the show with us here to talk fantasy football. He's one of our fantasy football guys. He's in Texas. Can't join us today. I'm playing him. And uh, he's 3-3, three and three, but I'm 4-2. Uh, but he's projected to – if we go by projections, I mean, it, it is, that is really all it is. Anything can change, uh, but he's projected at, at 121. So that I might get my third loss uh, today, and he might get his fourth win. So, I mean, tomorrow. So, We'll, we'll see how, how that plays out. And, you know, I matched up against Josh Allen there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I, 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 I'm worried about him. So I, I feel a little confident that there might be uh, some wiggle room for me there to maybe gain a little bit on that projection with Christian McCaffrey. But I could be uh, totally, totally wrong. I got Josh Downs, like I said. I picked him up off the waiver. I know I didn't practice what I preached. But I did see when I saw that it didn't look like Anthony Richardson was coming back. And I saw the connection points between uh, Josh Downs and Gardner Minshew, and nobody else was paying attention to Josh Downs. I picked him up. I am planning today. He would not be my normal starter, but there again, because of Jamar Chase uh, on by, uh, you know, the most logical choice for me to play him as well. Evan Ingram, I've got him playing. He's already played, scored me nine and a half against the New Orleans uh, game. The, the Jacksonville won that game. Uh, so I've got Janelle McLaughlin. Uh, he's a running back. They play Green Bay. Uh, he's only projected 8.7. And, of course, the Browns are just talking about the Browns. I did pick them up. I know they're playing against my Colts, uh, but they are a tough defense. So I picked them up this week. And I'm one that, that drops uh, defenses and kickers like a hot potato uh, every week. Every week. <laughs> so I, 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 I strictly just rely on who's going to be the, the best matchup. And, and they're going up against the, the Bills matchup. That's going to be a tight matchup between the Bills and the the Browns. And then uh, my kicker is uh, Jason Sanders with Miami. This is going to be a good matchup. We're going to be talking about that matchup here in just a moment with the Philadelphia Eagles. That could be a Super Bowl uh, preview. I don't know. I, I mean, we, 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 might, we might, it may not be too early to be having that uh, conversation. And uh, Nate's kicker uh, that he's starting is Harrison uh, Butker, uh, Butler, Bucker. Uh, of course, he's a kicker from Kansas City. Anytime you're any player with Kansas City, you need to, to go with them. Uh, and they play the Chargers. Uh, so uh, they're at home. Are we, are we going to – I think they're at home. Are we going to see a Taylor Swift signing? <laughs> She's taking up so much rich base in my head. I tell you. Oh, and I'm not even a Swifty. I'm not even a Swifty. But uh, – Make sure you're following us on, on Facebook uh, at T-Balance and make sure that you're also following us uh, on the Book of Faces. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. we got one more segment before we have to hang it up and put a bowl on it, but Ed Kratz is going to walk us through that. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Never get lonely. I got these goals to keep me company. I took the rear view off of this so forward, so I only see him in front of me. Now the past is out of sight and out of mind. Swore I changed, now I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm just alone. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. 
In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. And now, for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble!
Welcome back to the Ballot Footage. Stop Mark with so Presidente. Thank you, Mr. Adam Jividen, who shares my birthday on Monday. Uh, our college football co-pilot, cohort, partner crime, also a super uh, Buckeyes fan, Browns fan, Guardians fan, Cavaliers fan, just an uh, all-around hell of a dude at our, our Swiss Army knife head coming in and helping us uh, break down what's going on in college football. Obviously, the biggest story in college football right now, maybe next to the Penn State uh, – Ohio State game is old Jim Harbaugh doing what Jim Harbaugh does. And uh, maybe he'll be in the NFL next year. That's a, a conversation for a different day, but we certainly talked about that. It uh, helps you break down a little bit of your fantasy football. But most importantly, the, the person to talk to now is Dead Cracks, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and Insight.com, and our official NFL contributor to help us break down week eight. Before we do that, we've got to break down week seven. Mr. Ed Kratz. How are you, sir? You doing all right? Good morning. You need a hug. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, after the yeah, the team that looked like they were on a mission is uh, the wheels are off. Uh, I Philly, tell you what, talking I, about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the Phillies, yes. But I, I was more talking about the loss to the Jets. But yes, the <laughs> Phillies. I, I mean, what's going on there? I mean, that's the other Philadelphia uh, yeah. story, right? Yeah, and yeah, uh, got, a, got a series there. Yeah, man, we'll see if they're going to make it to the World Series. We'll see what happens. But I, I, yeah. I like to listen to the Eagles game. I, I may, I may been following the Eagles for so many years vicariously through you. I am now officially an Eagles fan. So I, I listen to, and I got a pair of Eagles socks, everything, an Eagles hat. I don't have an Eagles jersey yet. I don't want to go that far. <laughs> Just cross contamination. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> that in my wallet. But uh, I listen. Right. I like to listen. I like to listen to the Eagles game on WIP, uh, and I love the broadcast team there. They do a great job of just doing the theater of mine, much better than watching it on television. And I thought, all right, they're starting to get excited here. Uh, the announcers are getting excited here. Okay, the, Eagle, the Eagles are going to get a win, and it just didn't happen. But you were, you were there, and you told me, you said, well, the Jets were definitely a, the better team. So let's talk about that. I mean, we, ironically, and I didn't mean to jinx you if I did, well, on the show last week, we said, I said to you, I asked you the question, is it better to get that monkey off the back? We didn't think it was going to come with the Jets, but they have never, they, they have never ever uh, beat the Eagles. Now on the flip side of it, as you know, a lot of my colleagues are up in New York City, and I listen to, to uh, Boom, Boomer's uh, show in, in the mornings, uh, and they were all about the Jets win. I mean, so it just depends on their perspective, and it's good to listen to both sides of the fence. But you on that side of the fence, you're the Eagles. Uh, you cover the Eagles, obviously, Eagles fan. Uh, what happened? Well, I, you know, listen, I, I didn't like the game plan at all. I, you know, I, and I kind of get why the Eagles came out. They, they, there's no way Jalen Hurts should drop back to throw fifth, over 50 times a game. It rarely – uh, leads to success. And we saw it with the Colts, right? I mean, not to jump over to the Colts, but the Gardner Minshew threw 55 passes. I mean, it's hard to win in the mm -hmm. league when your quarterback has to take that much on his shoulders offensively. And, you know, and that's what, for some reason, and I understand kind of the reason when the Eagles lined up against the Jets, the Jets were without four cornerbacks, including Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, their two starters. So, okay, yeah, it makes sense to throw the ball. But then on the flip side, the Jets are ranked 29th against the run, and the Eagles didn't even really try to run the ball. All they wanted to do was throw it. I mean, they threw it 
I think like nine straight times on their opening drive, 12 times on that first drive that led to a touchdown, but then they just kept throwing it. I mean, they tried to run it a little bit and they didn't have success. So they just went away with it and forgot about it. And, you know, this is one of the top rushing offenses in the league. And for them to come out and only run for 89 yards when they're averaging 160, uh, to me, that's on the coaches. I mean, you could say yeah, Jalen Hurts threw the three picks and, you know, I guess two of them weren't his fault, but the big one was his fault. He just threw a terrible pass when the Eagles are trying to, you know, drain the clock. They're up, you know, uh, by, I guess it was two points there, uh, or, yeah, 14 to 12, and he, he throws an interception at midfield. The guy returns it 45 yards inside the 10, and the next play he scores a touchdown, and the Jets have the lead for the first time with a minute 46 to go. Um, that was a horrible, horrible interception, bad throw, bad read, the whole thing. But again, you could say, why didn't the Eagles run the ball? I mean, there's, you come out of the two minute warning, the jets are out of timeouts. You're near midfield. Why don't you run it? Keep the clock moving, drain it down and punt the ball to the jets. Uh, and they get the ball with maybe a minute to go, maybe a little bit over a minute needing a field goal. But the Eagles defense was just teeing off on Zach Wilson. They sacked him five times. I don't know why you wouldn't trust your defense to, you know, come up with a stop in that situation. So to me, that whole loss is on the Eagles coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and like, like you said, you know, you're going to lose sooner or later. Uh, last year, they didn't lose until week nine. They won eight in a row. This year, they won five in a row and they lost for the first time. And now it's about how they respond. And, you know, the Dolphins aren't going to be an easy test for sure on Sunday night. That's right. You do have the Finns in, in town. And uh, so certainly you move past that loss and, and you, you look at the Dolphins, it very well could be a Super Bowl preview. A lot of people are saying that. The Dolphins are crazy good on the offense. Who or what is the biggest reason for their success? I mean, Tua. I mean, clearly he's reaching the potential that Miami had selected him for the fifth overall pick. And he's my fantasy quarterback, and he's been winning the game. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's give all the credit to Tua. No, of course it's not all Tua. Uh, the Miami uh, track team is just ridiculous. Ivory Hill, Jalen Model. uh I could go on, and, and I, uh, you, you've obviously been preparing for this game as well. So let's talk about the Dolphins, the Eagles, uh, Super Bowl preview maybe, but it's one thinks this is going to be a good game. A lot of people think that you guys are going to get two losses in a row. I don't think you'll allow that to happen at home. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, listen, you know, it's a lot of good storylines. I mean, you have Tua, who I think is the MVP, you know, front runner at this point. Uh, or maybe Tyree Kill. I mean, what Tyree Kill is doing is just amazing. He could go over a thousand yards receiving for the year in this game. I think he only needs like 140 or 150. I mean, that's that's peanuts for him. He can get that in the first half. Um, so he could be the MVP. Uh, you know, of course, in the other, uh, the other quarterback is Jalen Hurts. You have Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, two two guys that a lot of history there, right? The national championship game in 2018. Uh, Hertz gets benched at halftime. Tua comes in and leads, uh, you know, Alabama to a win over Georgia. And then, you know, later, you know, next season in the SEC championship, Tua gets hurt. Jalen Hurts comes in, leads a comeback to the SEC championship title. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of history there. I mean, and they're, they're two pretty good friends. Uh, so are Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, uh, you know, two Alabama receivers. I mean, it's, it's the talent that's going to be at receiver in this game. I mean, enjoy the show because, you know, you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. I mean, there's not many better receivers in the league than those four. And then you add in Julio Jones to the Eagles sign 
to their practice squad, who's going to have a role Sunday night. I don't know how big it's going to be. I'm sure he'll be on a pitch count. But now you have a Hall of Fame receiver that's going to be on the field. So, you know, this game is really going to spotlight these receivers. Uh, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. Um, and, I, you know, here's the thing. It's a big game, obviously, for the Eagles to respond to, to last week's loss and, you know, get back on the winning side. But for the Dolphins, they're out to try to prove that they can beat a good team. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah they're, they're good, but they haven't beaten anybody. I mean, their right. record, their, their wins have come right. against teams are 5-24. and 24. That's the that's the record of the teams they've beaten. They've beaten the winless Panthers and they've beaten three one and five teams. So they're out to prove that hey, we we can beat a good team and we can beat them on the road. Their only losses when they went on the road to Buffalo and they got torched by four touchdowns. So you know it's a big game for both these teams. You know for different reasons. Well, I know that you uh, have the opportunity to go to practice, hang out in the locker room, uh, go to press conferences. If you're if you're next. Nick Cerrone, sorry. Uh, how would you go about talk, uh, attacking the Dolphins on both offense and defense? In my thoughts, in my opinion, is just kind of what we were just talking about. If you force your quarterback to pass, 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 that's never a good thing. So I would say, tell me if I'm wrong, you, you're certainly in the know much better than I do, is run the ball, run it straight to the Dolphins, and make them prove that they can stop it. If Miami is able to just start passing every rush play, start passing every rushing Play. Sorry, I can't talk on a Saturday morning. I mean, I'm excited about going to Bloomington, so my mind is, is all over the place. But uh, yeah. Nick Cerrone, uh, what, what's his game plan? How, is running the ball a major part of this offense for tomorrow well, night? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it has to be. You know, and, and the offensive coordinator Brian Johnson said, well, because he was asked about this lack of a, a running game during the week, and he said, well, we look at these short passes, these bubble screens, the you know, the little uh, check downs as an extension of the running game, which is, you know, it's not, but you know, that's the, that's, that's what he says. Uh, so, but yeah, you're going to have to run the ball. You have to limit the possessions that the Dolphins have. If the Dolphins get 10 possessions or more in this game, I, I think they're going to win the game. I mean, the Eagles have to shorten that. And something mm-hmm. else they have to do is, is create turnovers on defense. Uh, it's something they haven't had a takeaway in uh, three straight games now, not since the end of September, have they forced a, a turnover and, you know, they need to help, you know, the offense by getting one and maybe set them up with a potentially short field, less work to do to score. And then they would also take a possess a possession away from Miami uh, if they were to get a turnover or two. So, you know, those two things, yes, you have to run the football. I think they can run on the Dolphins. Um, the problem there is the Eagles offensive line is pretty banged up. You know, they lose, they're already without their right guard, so you have a backup at right guard for the next at least two games because Cam Jurgens is on IR, and now Lane Johnson limped off last week after nine plays, and they brought in a backup, Jack Driscoll, who was, you know, he was not very good. And the Eagles didn't give him any help during the game, which is again, a coaching staff issue last week. Um, but Lane's supposed to play, and we'll see how effective he is. He's got a, a you know, a bad ankle. You know, you hope it's not one of the situations where he starts and then after, you know, a dozen plays, he realizes, hey, I can't go. And he limps off because then your whole right side is is manned by backups. And, you know, it's going to be a tougher job to run the football. So, uh, you know, the Eagles are are, going to have to figure out a way. That would be my game Mm -hmm. plan is run it. They want offense, defense, find a way to get Mm -hmm. a turnover. And then certainly use Jalen Hurts' ability to run. Uh, you know, DraftKings has uh, has the, the point spread at two and a half at the moment. 
uh, for the Eagles, uh, the home home score. I, I don't see any reason to go against that. I, I obviously am going to go with the homer pick on this one. I, I think, though, that these two teams are going to see each other again uh, at some point uh, in the playoffs, I mean, Super Bowl or whatever. Uh, these two teams, I think, are both destined for deep playoff runs. And uh, like I said, it could be the first of a few meetings uh, this year. And uh, we'll see if, uh, they're, if it's the AFC champions, the Dolphins. I like to say the AFC champions, the, the Colts, so that's just not going to happen. But, uh, and, and <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's too early to, to, to make those predictions. A lot of people are having those predictions that this is a, uh, a week for uh, – uh, that this could, could be a Super Bowl uh, preview. Sorry. Moving on, moving on let's, uh, let's, obviously I got – I want to get a, to some of these other games. Because uh, I'm on a play schedule today. I, by the way, I appreciate you jumping up early. I know you had to get up early and set your alarm. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I would have felt better about it, Tom, if you were going to be the homecoming king here at the <laughs> IU's game. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 super I'm super stoked about it. Uh, uh, my birthday weekend. My birthday's on Monday, and so Melissa oh, uh, indulged me with some homecoming tickets. She's going to wear IU gear. Uh, so that's okay. I wore Tennessee gear last last week, and we the, digressing. We have we IU and we Tennessee, and we Tennessee play Alabama. But I think it's going to be a good good game uh, a little bit later on today. Let's talk a little bit about the Colts. Yeah. Uh, biggest story in the NFL right now: Anthony Richardson uh, being out for the rest of the season for shoulder surgery. He's supposed to have it this next week. It is the Gartner Minshew show. You know, local media crucified him on the stake uh, this week, uh, really came down hard on him. But in a lot of ways, you know, I agree with what one of the local guys said here. Gartner Minshew proved to us this weekend why he's been the backup quarterback for three different teams in as many years. Uh, can win games. But as we talked about earlier, they know, Jacksonville certainly knows Gartner Minshew, even, even if it's not the same coaches. Quarterbacks rarely change their style. So if you 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 brought him up in his youth, if you will, and he was the the Minshew the Minshew mania took place in Jacksonville more than it did anywhere else. So if there was any team that was prepared to play the Colts, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we just can't seem to find a way to win there at 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 Jacksonville. So there was a lot of things that we could point to the losses. But Gardner Minshew, they know he's now on tape everywhere. Every team now knows if we can get in his face. That's what's going to happen. And it's, it's the Browns. The Browns have one of the, the best de- uh, defenses in the NFL. We were just talking to, uh, we were just talking to uh, Adam about this team. Obviously, he's a huge Browns fan. But more deeper than that, the Browns are a very good team. Uh, so talk to us about what your thoughts. And I, 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 I think everybody's tired of me saying, I told you so with Anthony Richardson, but I told you so. He should have set for a year and, and, and learn. That's why they brought Gartner Minshew on was to, to help mentor him and learn him, not, and that is a word, learn him, uh, and teach him the how to be a good quarterback. That didn't happen. Now he has to go out there. And, and nothing against uh, Gartner Minshew. I love his energy. Man, he, he gets excited about everything. I love it. So hopefully that, that rubs off. But uh, Go ahead. I, I got on got on a ramble there. I apologize, but the Browns <laughs> and Colts. What are your thoughts? 
Well, you kind of get your wish with Anthony Richardson. He is going to sit out the year. I mean, but he's going to have a nice scar to show for it. You know, he's going to have a nice scar on his shoulder to show for it after the surgery. Uh, You know, it's a shame that that had to happen. But, you know, hopefully you chalk it up as a learning experience. And, listen, he he made, what, four or five starts this year. So, you know, that should benefit him going into 2024. Uh, so you have a body of tape now that you can look at and you have, a, you know, if you're Mitt Richardson, you understand what this game's about a little bit. So, you know, this can end up helping in the long run, short term, obviously some pain. Minshew is limited. No question. He's, he's a backup for a reason, but you can win with the guy. You just can't have him throw the ball 55 times. And I get why the Colts did it. I mean, they fell behind early, uh, you know, 21 to nothing or 21 to three, whatever it was. So, you know, you kind of have to, but it was still early enough, in my opinion, that you could still stick with the run a little bit more than what they did. I mean, how many runs did they have with the running backs? I mean, like, I don't even, 15 maybe? Uh, I, I mean, that's just not enough. It's like, it's so funny. It's just like the Eagles, you know? They just, they didn't run the ball. Minshew throws over 50 times. He throws three picks, and that's what Jalen Hurts did, and that's what the Eagles offense did. So it's funny how they kind of mirrored each other, you know, last weekend. But Listen, you know, your defense, too, has to come to play a little bit. I mean, I know Minshew put them in some bad spots with his interceptions, but, you know, you can't give up, you know, what was – how many points did they give up there, like 40 points or something to the Jags? I mean, you can't your, – your defense has to step up. And so you can't just pin this all on one player, um, you know, just like the Eagles. You know, it wasn't all Jalen Hurts. You know, Dallas Goddard drops the ball. DeAndre Swift fumbles. Uh, coaches don't put in a, a good game plan out there. And you could probably say the same about the Colts. So, you know, you have to understand, and, and Steichen should know this. He, he has to understand what Minshew is. And he's he's mm-hmm. a guy that is a backup, but and he's limited. But you can, you can win with him. And you just have to figure out how to do it, come up with a game plan on how to do it, and stick with it. And don't get away from it uh, if things start to go sideways. You know, try to stay with it if it's still early enough to stick with the game plan. So, you know, I'm not ready to write the season off because Minshew's in there. Uh, I just think that they have to understand what they have there and develop a game plan that will allow him to be more successful than he was last week, which means not throwing the ball 55 times. It's ridiculous. I agree. It's going to be a rough game, a uh, rough week at home. Uh, Adam's going to the game. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go because we're going to IU, and then we had uh, just some, uh, a lot of extra stuff going on, as you know about. So I, we're going to set this yeah. game out at home. But uh, we're going to IU uh, anyway. So, uh, so uh, let's talk about the Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this is one of the better games of the week. The Lions are playing back-to-back road games. Uh, uh, but the Ravens are coming off of the London trip. Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm done with the London games. It's, it's fun at first. Great. Now we're, now we're hearing that they may in the future give London the Super Bowl. Don't get me even started on that rant. But nonetheless, the Ravens are coming back uh, from – the London trip and, and really haven't clicked yet on the offense, but I do think this is a good opportunity for them to, um, to do well. And Lamar Jackson is in my uh, fantasy league, by the way, uh, and finds a way to win this one uh, as the offense actually shows that shows up better this week. I, I like the Ravens over the Lions, maybe 23, 17. What are your thoughts? Ravens are a weird team to figure out. It's like they, 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 they play two different <laughs> It's like two different teams within the same game. I mean, they'll they'll do well, and then all of a sudden Lamar Jackson will make a bonehead decision and throw a bad interception, or you know the team will give do something that you know will turn the game in the other team's favor. 
they they kind of remind me of the Vikings last year when the Vikings were, you know, winning games by less than a touchdown or even, you know, two or three points. I mean, this is kind of like the Ravens. They're kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde in game. And you don't know which team, you know, you don't know whether they can straighten that out and find a level of consistency. And, you know, the Lions are playing with a lot of confidence. I, I think, I think that game's in Baltimore. So that's going to, there's the fellas for the ladies. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I heard him getting into it and I thought they were getting into a fight and I was like, Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's going to be like the Ravens Lions. It's going to be a fight today. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think the Lions are playing with confidence. They're they're going into Baltimore. Baltimore is coming back from London. Uh, I I think the Lions have a chance to win this game. But um, before we go, I just want to say something about the Browns and the Colts. The Browns, you know, they they had a big emotional win last week over the Forty ers So you don't know. Maybe they'll be in for a little bit of a letdown. You know, trying to get up for a second game. You know, they spent all that emotion last week at the 49ers. So maybe the Colts have a chance uh, to do some good in that game. But we'll see. Yeah, my apologies uh, to uh, my kids who are misbehaving. (laughs) 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 Typically, Melissa is able to keep them rained down, but she must be getting ready to head down to Bloomington. So that's okay. We'll we'll let it pass. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's okay. My kids probably get right. probably get used to seeing herself in those red uh, Indiana who's your colors, right? Right. Probably feeling a little probably. sick. <laughs> that, that, that's right. One last game here. Uh, let's talk about the Vegas uh, Raiders, and it still doesn't roll off my tongue the way it's supposed to. The Vegas Raiders at the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are just ugly. This this could be a game between backup quarterbacks. However, uh, you got Tyson Baguette. Uh, Baguette or whatever, however you say his name for the Bears, and probably Brian Hoyer for the Raiders. Although Jimmy Jimmy G, if you will, could may still play, but even so, it's the big edges for the Raiders. I mean, come on, it's the Bears. Bears have shown me nothing that they're anything. They're trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. So, <laughs> what are your yeah, thoughts on or, the Vegas or, or, Bears? or Caleb Williams? I mean, right now the Bears have the first and the second pick. They got the first and second pick in the draft right now. I mean, how, how crazy is that? They could come away with a two. Uh, but yeah, um, Jimmy G's hurt again too. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, two backup quarterbacks potentially. Uh, you know, two teams that, you know, in my opinion, aren't going anywhere. Um, and if you're the Bears, do you kind of just roll the roll the dice with Badgett and? See if he can't be the guy. I don't think he is, but he's a good story. I mean, he comes from a small college in West Virginia, um, big arm. Uh, you know, if he can, you know, if he can figure it out, you know, maybe the Bears think they have something there because I'm not sure. You know, Fields is going to miss some time here, and uh, I know he's playing well, but you know, I think the jury's still out on what he can be. So um, I don't know. I, I think the Bears will find a way to win this game. I'm just not really sold on the Raiders in any shape or form. That, Devontae Adams isn't happy. He's not getting any traffic his way. And, you know, Brian Hoyer's been in the league, as, you know, for his, since the last time you were the homecoming king there at Indiana, Tom, and your, you know, your, your college days. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Bears will, will probably win. But really, in the scheme of things, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a game that doesn't mean much in the, in the, in the, in the big picture. Well, let's talk about one more game, and it's not a, a NFL game. It's a college game. Penn State 
at Ohio State. This is going to be a, a, a battle today, and I, I think that Penn State will win. I don't think Kyle McCord is as good as Fields and, you know, some of these other quarterbacks that have been at Ohio State have been able to just dice up the Penn State defense. But Penn State's, uh, Penn State's freaky good, and uh, they are certainly trying to make it their mark to say, hey, if we beat, and if we beat Ohio State, we deserve a, a place in the playoff. So uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions at Ohio State in Columbus. What are your thoughts? You gonna be watching that game? Yeah, I'll probably. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I have some plans this afternoon too, but there'll be a TV on where I'm going, so I'll, I'll probably pay some attention to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think James Franklin has ever beaten Ohio State, or, or maybe once in his, in his time there. So I know a lot of people think Penn State will win this game, but I, I'm not so sure. Um, just because they just they're on the road, uh, I'm not really sold on Penn State winning in a in a big game. I mean, I think they still have to play Michigan this year too. So you know, this is the first of two big tests for for Penn State, and these are the Ohio State and Michigan are two teams that they never play well against it seems. Um, so I'm not so sure. Kyle McCord, it's interesting. He's from the high school here in Philadelphia, St. Joe's Prep, that produced Marvin Harrison, that produced DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift, and all you know another NFL player. I mean, it's a it's a feeding ground to the NFL. This little this, this private high school in Philadelphia. So uh, McCord was highly regarded coming out, and uh, yeah, I'm not really sold on him either. But I just think playing at home, it, it's going to be a big test for Penn State. I'm not ready to say they're going to win this game. I just you know, I just don't think they play well. Uh, their offensive line, I, I know people are talking about how good it is. I'm not sure. I know that left tackle is supposed to be like a top five pick. But, you know, I try to watch him as much as I can when I have Penn State on. And I, I don't know. I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, there's a lot of question marks. you got a, a kid running the quarterback that's Drew Aller who, you know, he hasn't. I don't think he's thrown an interception this year, but you know this is going to be a tough spot for Penn State. If they can win, then yeah, you could put them in the in the conversation to be in the playoffs. But then you still have to beat Michigan, so you know this is step one of two they're going to have to navigate in order to get into that Final Four. Yeah, Michigan did a curb stopping on my Hoosiers last week, so I, I certainly hope that Rutgers, the doormat of the Big Ten, did <laughs> it. Yeah. I, honestly, I think Tom Allen's on his way out anyway, the coach. I think he's going to be a defensive coordinator somewhere in the NFL uh, next year. Uh, I, I just really do. And it, it, a loss to Rutgers is just going to be embarrassing, especially on homecoming. And, you know, I'm going to be there. So well, they're, they're going to win. Yeah, you got to eliminate that bad vibe, man. you got to go in there positive. I had a great vibe on, on the Colts home opener at, at Lucas Oil. I was there. It didn't, that vibe did not go onto the field. And we were close to the field. So I, don't, I don't know what the problem was. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, Ed Kratz beat Ryder for the Philadelphia Eagles. I know all eyes are on you guys and the Dolphins. I will be watching them fly, Eagles fly. But where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yep, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E on Twitter, uh, NFL or uh, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles is where you can hit me up. I appreciate you getting up early for us today, sir. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. I'm going to go about to have my second cup of coffee. Enjoy the game today. Uh, Let's go IU, baby.
I hope they bring it in for you. Uh, I'll send you some pics. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to it. Thanks, buddy. Hey, safe uh, travels. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Ed Kratz, beat writers for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, joining us and helping us break down the NFL week number seven and uh, talking about his Eagles facing the Finns. Uh, could be a Super Bowl uh, matchup and certainly walking around the NFL uh, with us. And thank you, Adam Jevedan, Super Buckeye fan, Browns fan, Guardians fan, Cavaliers fan, our college set football. Okay. He's just our Swiss Army knife. He's a hell of a dude, though. And we share a birthday. Both of our birthdays are on Monday. So uh, there you go. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I'm out of here. I'm headed down to Bloomington. Let's go, Hoosiers. Let's get a win against Rutgers on homecoming. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive, but it ain't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces.